Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode number 13 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast, presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. That's Tony, L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, we'll be recapping the Gophers' dominant 34-16 victory over the Maryland Terrapins. Um, I'll be talking about the breakout performances of Kai Thomas and Bucky Irving. Um, the overall dominant showing from the run game. The near perfect games from both the offensive and defensive lines. And how important it was to have a great third quarter out of the locker room for once. Going forward into the rest of the season. Let's start with um, the instant takeaways from the game. My, my biggest takeaway from um, Saturday's win over Maryland was the dominant performance in the trenches. It was nearly a perfect game from both the offensive and defensive lines, to be completely honest. So we'll start with the offensive line that allowed zero sacks, The running game had 56 total carries for 326 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Um, Just pure dominance, to be completely honest. From the first whistle, uh, really in the second quarter, they just started pouring it on Maryland. Uh, The Gophers were just enforcing their will on Maryland. They really were flexing their muscles. Um, their veteran offensive line, Connor Olson, John Michael Schmitz, Blaze Andrews, Sam Schluter, Daniel Falele, they were just dominating. It just plain and simple. Uh, I don't think there's much more that needs to be said. Um, I, I personally think it was their best performance of the year. Um, I feel like you keep saying that every week, but man, it, it was fun to watch as a high school offensive lineman myself. It, it was it was pure smash mouth football. Um, speaking of Connor Olson, uh, the redshirt senior offensive guard Olson had his 52nd career start against Maryland, which was a school record. Um, Fun fact, it was previously held by long snapper Peyton Jordahl from 2015 to 2018. Um, I thought it was interesting after the game, uh, Fleck mentioned that Richard senior offense tackle Blaze Andrews could beat the record next season if he opts to come back. Uh, I always struggle with, uh, especially now with the extra COVID year, how many years of eligibility guys have left. 
Uh, I thought injuries was this was his last year, but apparently he can come back. So I, I have no idea um, if Olsen's record will stay for a while, but that, that's kind of a cool record to have. Um, speaking of injuries, uh, this offensive line has just been dominant, and I'm very curious to see how many of them get drafted into the NFL or go to the NFL uh, after the season. Uh, Daniel Falele is for sure of at least a day two pick. I could not see him falling further than the third round. He's getting a lot of first round hype, but we'll see how uh, legit that is come draft season. Uh, John Michael Schmitz, I think, is a certainty to get drafted as well. He has been terrific this year. Um, And I think Blaze Andrews and Connor Olsen could be a day three pick. Um, so there could be anywhere from two to four offensive linemen drafted. I uh, Sam Schluter could be an undrafted free agent guy, but I think that just tells you how dominant this offensive line has been. Um, later in the offseason, I'll probably have uh, an episode kind of detailing uh, all of the draft possibilities, but there could be a lot of guys drafted uh, from this team which I, I think is very interesting. We could see a, a Gophers record, to be honest. Um, but as for the offensive line and running game, uh, got to sh- shout out Cole Keeft again. He had another dominant performance in the in the running game. He even got, got a, a catch in the passing game, 21-yard catch, pretty nimble on his feet. Uh, it's just the, the running game was dominant. The offensive line was dominant. It was just all around just smash-mouth football from start to finish. As for the defensive line, um, I thought it was interesting. Fleck was asked in the post-game press conferences if this was um, his best D-line he's ever coached. And he said without question it was, which I thought was fairly interesting. Um, It it was was another terrific game from uh, the the defensive line just as much as it was the offensive line. Asezi Otomowo, um, I he's a he's a name that keeps getting better, and he's not the first name that gets mentioned when you bring up the de- defensive line. So I I just wanted to shout him out. He might be an uh, NFL draft pick too. He's underrated. Um, he is a great contributor to this defensive line, and he doesn't always get brought up. So I thought I'd bring his name up. Um, Thomas Rush had another sack against Maryland. Um, MJ Anderson and Micah Dutreadway continue to make plays. Uh, Niles Pinckney had a forced fumble. Uh, he continues to make plays as well. Um, and then you still have Boy Mafe, uh, Trill Carter, and Val Martin. They were they were all making plays. It's just this group as a whole is just so impressive. Um, since the Colorado game, they've allowed a whopping, just barely 59 rushing yards per game, which is just insane. Uh, A group that had so many questions going into the year, everyone's like, is this defense good? Uh, Are the linebackers going to show up? Is there anybody on the defensive line to show up? Because last year they struggled, plain and simple. This year, Joe Rossi deserves a ton of credit. All the coaches on the defensive side of the ball deserve a ton of credit. Um, bringing in Niles Pinckney, bringing in Val Martin, the development of these players along the defensive line is just very, very impressive and deserves credit. Uh, 
this defensive line is the strength of the defense, maybe even the strength of the team. Uh, games are won within the trenches. When you have dominant performance from both offensive and defensive line, it makes everything else so much easier. And your margin for error is so much bigger. Uh, it's just great to see how well both units have played. Uh, kind of just to uh, put some numbers behind the defensive line, they have allowed 85.7 rushing yards per game this season, which ranks fifth in the entire country. That that should be a uh, big enough statement in itself. Notably, that's ahead of Alabama and Iowa. Um, so you, you can be... Uh, telling that stat to your friends at work and tell them that the Gophers have a better defense than Iowa. Um, overall, now, the Gophers have the 27th uh, overall defense in scoring, average, uh, allowing 19.6 points per game. So this defense is, I think, no longer uh, getting better. I think it is already very good. This defense is very impressive. The defensive line are the leaders of the group. And, man, it has just been fun to watch. Um, and then, obviously, the trio of running backs uh, really showed up today, or last week. Uh, Kai Thomas, redshirt freshman, led the way with 21 carries for 139 and a score. Buck Irving had 15 for 105 and a score. And then Bryce Williams had 13 for 48 and a score. And even Cole Kramer was mixed in. Uh, a great amount again. He had five carries for 30 in a score. Speaking of, of Kramer, I uh, have been very impressed with how uh, Sanford has mixed him in. Because when you have a Wildcat quarterback or a backup quarterback or a running specialist, whatever you consider Kramer, um, especially when Seth Green was in, I as a viewer, I always get frustrated when coaches do not pass the ball out of the Wildcat. Because it... If you're not passing the ball at least like one in every like 10 times, you're just making yourself so one-dimensional and you're just admitting you're running the ball. Even though they've been effective doing it, it's kind of just frustrating to watch because you make yourself so one-dimensional. But I think Kramer's been mixed in terrifically, not taking uh, Tanner Morgan out of rhythm. Uh, I, I think he's been used perfectly. Um, as for the three running backs... They're a serious, like, uh, Lawrence Maroney, Marion Barber, Rodney Smith, Shannon Brooks, one-two punch. Uh, it was Bryce Williams' game last week, but I think Kai Thomas and Bucky Irvin, rest of the way, are going to take a, a stranglehold on this backfield. It's really just like pick your poison, honestly. I was having an argument with my friend of who I, who uh, he thought was the better running back. Uh, would I get uh, so impressed with with Kai Thomas and Bucky Irvin, is they make the the six seven yard runs look so impressive. Uh, they're they break so many tackles in those runs. They're so good at turning the two yard runs into seven yard runs, and I think that's what makes a great running back is the broken plays you turn into positive plays. And Kai Thomas and Bucky Irvin are showing that, and really their only first season of playing uh, collegiate football, which is very impressive to see, and. I think after this game, it really puts a statement and a stamp on the idea that the trio as a whole is going to have no issue re replacing uh, Trey Potts or Mo, Mo Ibrahim. Uh, I think they will have zero issue. Uh, 
they look terrific, all three of them. Um, the, and Cole Kramer as a fourth runner. It's just when you're running behind that offensive line, I think anyone can do it. I, I, could, I could have had a few carries. Uh, but, man, they, they were fun to watch again, and I, they're going to be fun to watch the rest of the year. Um, I, I think the, the uh, last thing you got to mention right out of the game was uh, P.J. Flex blunder at the end of the first half. Uh, whatever that clock management was, um, it, it's kind of a, a trend that he's struggling with uh, clock management at the end of the first half. Um, so after the game, the explanation that he gave, which I found very interesting, was that uh, the Gophers were getting the ball to start the second half, so he didn't want to give the ball back to Maryland. Um, he said he was playing for the field goal because he knew if he played for the touchdown, Maryland could have gotten the ball back, they could have scored a touchdown, uh, they could have tied the game up. And instead, uh, Fleck wanted the the field goal, and then he wanted to score a touchdown out of the locker room. Um, he was, it was almost odd in the press conference. It seemed like he was being sarcastic, but he was being a hundred percent serious. He was saying that, uh, like he came flat out said, oh, this wasn't a situation where I wasn't trying to lose the game. I, I'm trying to win the game. And I just thought that was a very awkward thing to say. Um, it's just, he still, it's just like throwing timeouts away left and right. Like, like I had sit and watch college and pro football every single weekend, and nobody throws away the timeouts, timeouts like he does. He just doesn't, like, care about them. It's like, he just tosses them left and right, just like the middle of the uh, first quarter. It'll be like, ooh, we need a break. This is a big play. We'll just call timeout here. Um, it's just, I've said this before, if he, uh, it's his game management and clock management is only a problem if he doesn't know it's a problem. There's been plenty of coaches who struggled with, uh, clock management and game management. Um, Andy Reid, first one that comes to mind, but I think there's three pillars of college coaching. There's leadership, recruiting, and game management. And if you cross off two of those, you're a good head coach. And it, if Fleck realizes that game management is clearly not his strength, I, I don't think it's a problem at all. Uh, he, it's like he almost just needs a like an analytics guy or something. But other than that, he coached a terrific game, and just I'm just wildly impressed with how quickly he had. Uh, he had this group forget about the Bowling Green loss. Now, I don't think many coaches in the country could forget about such a terrible loss so quickly. It literally, within a week, they just completely forgot about it, which is just wildly impressive. And I have to give P.J. Fleck so much credit for that. Not many coaches in the country could do that. And it's just looking forward in the rest of the year. This team is playing just high, high league elite level football um they can slash should win the big 10 west uh we've seen we've beaten purdue uh we've seen how poorly wisconsin's played we've seen how poorly Iowa's played this this defense 
is only getting better. All those offenses stink. So I don't understand why they cannot win out the rest of the year and meet Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship for a rematch. Ohio State is playing really, 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 really good football right now, so I don't know how that game will go, but you never know. Once you put two teams in there for 60 minutes, you never know who's coming out on top. So uh, the ceiling really is the roof. Um, I'm just very happy watching this team, and they've just been a very, very, very fun team to watch over the last three weeks, and I don't see why I can't continue. Um, It's just very impressive football to watch. Um, as for the offense as a whole, um, Tanner Morgan had another, um, I, I don't want to say underwhelming game because he played well, um, but he just wasn't asked to do much. He was only eight for 12 for 125 yards. Um, it was kind of a theme of the season where we just lean, lean, lean on the running game. Uh, Morgan did have one, uh, nice, uh, keeper for five yards. Um, I think on the first drive, first few drives, Mike Brown-Stevens missed two passes, and I think that kind of t- took the passing game out of its rhythm a little bit. And when the running game was doing it a- as well as it was, it's just you don't uh, need to force what's not working. You don't need to fix what's not broken. So he really just wasn't asked to do much, so you can't complain. Um but I, I think those drops took him out of the out of the rhythm. And Fleck clearly said after the game that uh, the strength of Maryland's defense is their corners and was their corners. So uh, they clearly wanted to run the ball more than pass the ball. I don't know if they wanted to pass the ball only 12 times. But um, I wasn't too concerned with Morgan's play because two of those were drops. So really he only had two real uh, bad throws. And uh, they were getting Ottman Bell involved in the uh, in the short intermediate passing game, which I like to see. They struggled to do that to start the year because he was so banged up. Um, but th- I think there was still a lot to like from the passing game. Speaking of Ottman Bell, um, he ended with four catches for 35 yards on four targets. So he caught all four of his targets. I thought he looked great again. Uh, they just need to keep get, getting him the ball in space. Uh, he can make plays, and uh, obviously he didn't need to this week, but uh, he looked good again. So, um, serious number one wide receiver, and I think uh, what this team has been good with is game planning for each game. Something that uh, the Patriots, I, I love uh, Bill Belichick, but the, they, they did so well during their dynasty was treating each game differently. Um, and it, it really gives you an advantage when you game plan for your opponent. And the Gophers have done that very well the last few weeks. They know what areas of the um, opposition they want to attack. And this game just didn't call for the passing game. So, like I said, you just don't need to force what's not there. Um, but in his opportunities, Ottman Bell looked good. Uh, Mike Brown Stevens, he had those two drops, um, but when he does get the ball in his hands, he he makes plays. He had that one catch for thirty five yards. Um, he's he's a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. He I, he's very fun to watch. Um, in open field, so uh, if if he can get those drops fixed, I think he's gonna have a long uh, Gophers career. Um, 
Dalen Wright struggling to get involved. He had one target, I believe, uh, and he dropped that. Um, I, I don't know if it was his off the field uh, stuff that he was he was going through, but uh, hopefully he can get involved because he looked uh, very talented in the first few weeks of the year. So ho- hopefully he can get going. Um, Buck Irving had one catch for twenty eight yards. Um, it's always good to see the running backs get involved in the pass game. That's something the Gophers really haven't done much under Fleck, and that really adds a whole other dimension to the offense. Um, so hopefully that continues to get going. Uh, Kai Thomas and Bucky Irving have both shown that they can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Coquif, like I said, had that one beautiful catch uh, on the sideline. And then uh, Brady Boyd, true freshman, even had another catch for six yards. So uh, overall, like the, like I said, they weren't asked to do much, and really the two Mike Brown Stevens drops were really um, the only negative plays from the passing game. So um, it just overall, it, it was the tight ends in the offensive line they were dominant in the running game, and that's the uh, I thought the offense as a whole performed well. Um, as for the defensive side of the ball, again the defensive line was the the. The, the story coming out of this one, uh, they were dominant, but and I've, I already talked about them. So uh, the linebackers, uh, Jack Gibbons continues to get better. Uh, he's really become my favorite player to watch on defense. He's just flying all over the field, very aggressive. Um, he had a career high of 10 tackles. Um, I, I think uh, Sori Marin is still obviously the captain, and he's a great leader of this team, but uh, Gibbons, I think, is uh, kind of beca- become another leader. He's almost like the assistant captain. And when you get both of your uh, linebackers playing that well, uh, just classic uh, football. The great defenses that everyone remembers watching, they have great linebacker play. And when they're cleaning up every tackle that gets through the dominant defensive line, it just looks like great defensive football. Um, as for Gibbons, I think he could very well be the best addition to this team this season, I think. Uh, It's insane how quickly or how smoothly he's made the jump from FCS Abilene Christian. I just, uh, he's just very, a very, very good football player and he's been fun to watch. And uh, as for Sori Marn, he just has that consistency. He gets you five to eight tackles every week and sometimes that's all you need. He's the leader on the defense. He's calling plays playing at football at a very, very uh, solid, solid level. Um, as for the secondary, um, Coney Dirt uh, had his, it was his 41st career game in a Gophers uniform on Saturday, and it was his first career individual sack. Um, I thought that was interesting, even though he's a cornerback that's still, that it took 45, 41 games to get his first one. Um, he had two half sacks. Uh, prior to that, but I, I thought that was interesting. He's just a, he had another solid game. He's just a leader in the secondary. It's great for him to um, teach uh, young corners like Justin Wally, who continues to improve. Um, Wally is uh, only getting better. True freshman. Um, he had a beautiful play on a deep ball in the second quarter. Um, and honestly didn't hear his name much, and sometimes that's good from, uh, that's what you want from cornerbacks. Um, I, I'm just very impressed with his talent that he flashes, and I think he's going to be a stud 
um, in his Gophers career. Between him, Bucky Irving, um, Kai Thomas, it's just there's so much young talent on this team for being such a veteran team. And uh, it's just very exciting time to be a Gophers fan, to be completely honest. And as for the rest of the secondary, Tyler Newbin and Jordan Howden, they're great tackling safeties. Um, I believe they were third and fourth on the team in tackling this game. Um, but as a whole, the secondary, it, they still are letting up big plays from time to time, and they have an inconsistency. Um, they let up three plays of over 20 yards, 20-plus 20 yards against Maryland. Um, but... Other than that, they played great, I thought. Uh, Maryland only had 165 total yards without those three plays. So, um, obviously, like most offenses, especially when they're as talented as Maryland, they're just bound to break break through for a few um, big plays. But if, if they can clean those up, this defense is going to be like top, top tier. I mean, it kind of already is, but... It's just they're very fun to watch. They're flying around the ball. They got so many playmakers, um, and that they're only getting better. And it's just very, very fun to watch. Um, as for the the special teams, um, it was it was kind of a, a a struggle again today for or last Saturday for Matthew Trickett. Um, he has only six of his last twelve um, field goals. He is eight for fourteen on the season. So. Um, to uh, narrow that down from 20 to 29, he is 0 for 1. Um, he missed that one against Colorado, I believe it was. Um, from 30 to 39, he's 4 or 5. 40 to 49, he's 3 or 4. And most of his misses have came from 50 plus. He's 1 of 4 on the year. Um, and he's 22 or 23 on extra points. Um, so. He has three misses from shorter than 50 and three from over 50. Um, so he's still a good kicker. And obviously I'm not a huge like kicking analyst. I'm not like Pat McAfee. I'm not going to tell you uh, what he's doing or what he's not. But um, I think you just got to trust in your kicker. And kicking such a mental thing. Um, he, if he's just not looking behind his back, which I, I don't think he is, then I, I don't think there'll be a problem the rest of the year. Um, I think Flex clearly known. He's not a huge long distance guy, so I can't imagine that we'll be attempting many more long field goals the rest of the year, but you never know. Um, as for the punting game, there, the first punt came, I believe, after the Gophers' last drive of the game, so... That's always a great sign. Um, you never really want your punter to come on the field. So, um, And then as for uh, returning, uh, Brock Anikstead has kind of taken over the punt returning role with Trey Potts out. Um, it really uh, doesn't return many. He, he's a big fair catch guy, and uh, Bucky Irving's kind of been doing the, the kick returning. But uh, not too many explosive plays in that aspect of the game but as a whole uh special teams obviously the you like the field goals to be better but uh still a lot to like from the special teams unit um as for the coaching as a whole um kind of already addressed the pj flight game management stuff and like i said it's only a problem um if he doesn't realize it and um hopefully it doesn't continue to be a problem because it's going to catch up to him eventually. It, in close games, you just can't 
uh, give away possessions like that and mismanage the clock so poorly. Um, but I don't want to keep bashing him because other than that, he's really been great all year. So um, as for Mike Sanford, um, he got so much hate after that Bowling Green game. And I, I he might have settled in as a play caller, to be completely honest. Uh, the last few games, his play calling has not been uh, predictable. It's been unpredictable. It's been... Uh, it's been unique, and uh, hopefully that, that's a trend that continues for the rest of the year because um, play calling, when it's unpredictable, it, it really helps your offense, and I, I think he's finally settled in with Tanner uh, and PJ uh, and figured out what this offense wants to be. With so many injuries to the running backs, it's hard to uh, come up with an identity, and I think they're starting to finally. Um, so for how much hate he got to start the year, uh, I think he deserves a little bit of credit for how he's uh, not let the noise affect him, and I think it's been impressive the last few weeks. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Kenny Burns, the running backs coach. Um, he deserves a ton of praise for how uh, well, the running back room has played with injuries to their top two guys. They, they go five deep, which is just very, very impressive. Um, and Joe Rossi and the whole defensive staff, I think, com deserves a ton of credit for how they've completely transformed this defense. Uh, out of the bye week and since the Bowling Green game, uh, the coaching staff was a great coaching staff. Like I said, it's very, very impressive for how quickly they forgot that loss and turn around the season. So I, I want to give the coaching staff as a whole a ton of credit. Um, as for looking forward to the rest of the season, um, this team, like I said, can slash should win the Big Ten West. Um, it's insanely impressive how quickly they've forgotten the Bowling Green loss. I think that right now, if you took away the records of every team in the country and took away the, the logos, the Gophers might be playing like a top 20 team in the country, to be completely honest. Um, the As for when they will have a ranking by their name, um, they had one uh, AP vote this week. Um, I would imagine after, if they beat Northwestern next, I think it'll take the Northwestern and Illinois wins and heading into that Iowa game, I think they might be ranked um, if they take care of business against both those teams. Um, but again, sometimes the ranking doesn't matter if they just keep winning games. It's really all you can do at this point. Um, so as for the schedule, travel to Northwestern for a 2.30 game on Halloween Eve this week. Um, and then they host Illinois the following week. And then they travel to Iowa, to Indiana, end the year at home against Wisconsin for the Big Ten West Championship, hopefully. Um, I think it's really a three-team race at this point. I think Wisconsin's getting a little bit better after that win against Purdue. Um, I don't think they're as bad as they were to start the year, so I would personally not count them out of the race. Uh, and I think it's really just down between Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Maybe Purdue because Purdue and Wisconsin have the same record. Um, but I think it's going to come down to uh, us three with our two rivals. Um, and as an unbiased college football fan, I think the Gophers have the, be the best chances to win, be completely honest. Um, but 
I guess we'll see how that plays out. There's a reason they play the games. And I, I all I'll say is I'm just very excited to be a Gophers football fan right now. And it has just been very fun football to watch the last few weeks compared to the Miami and Bowling Green games. And uh, this program is just trending in the right direction. This team is trending in the right direction. And it's just very impressive to watch. Um, I think I will have a... Northwestern preview podcast um, later this week. Um, But I think that's all I got for you today. I appreciate you listening. Once again, um, thank you. Row the boat, Skyuma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.